No smile to start the show today, folks. I'm mad, I'm pissed off. Browns Nation, Deshaun Watson, terrible. We'll break that down as briefly as possible. Move on to the Titans. Fantasy football start sits and waiver wire pickups also coming up on the Sick Podcast with Andy Magnamer. Let's go. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, the sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Andy McNamara with you. You heard that call. Nick Chubb. We won't be hearing Nick Chubb's name for the rest of the season, unfortunately. That grotesque knee injury. um, I don't think it was a purposeful hit, but it was a careless, dirty hit by Minka Fitzpatrick. And those stinking squealers got us again. No business losing that game. No business. Give us uh, notification, follow, etc. At SickPodBrowns at AndyMC81. I'm so mad. If After each game, each Browns game... We do a reaction video. If you hadn't seen that at Andy MC81 at Sick Pod Browns, go back and give that give that a little watch. I'm sure I encompass the feeling, the emotion of frustration. And I'm headed to Cleveland this weekend, leaving Thursday, four week three to be in there for the Titans. I was hoping to be coming in on a, a cloud of glory at 2-0. First time since 93, blah, blah, blah. No. Instead, I have hand wringing. I have Nick Chubb, our best player, heart and soul of the team, out. With all his ligaments torn, Deshaun Watson sucks. You lost to Kenny Pickett, who's absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. That Steelers often, any Steeler fan trying to take a victory lap, you guys suck. You got your defense, and I'll take the upside potential of Deshaun Watson any day over average milk toast Kenny Pickett. Nothing special about that guy at all. Offense lets you down big time. Special teams, Donovan Peoples-Jones look terrified like you've never seen a football before on the punt return. Defense, spectacular. Deshaun Watson, hey, you act, you play like that on Sunday, you'll be booed out of Cleveland, pal. You'll be booed out of here. Now, you're not going anywhere because of all the guaranteed money and draft capital, of course. But in any case, the Browns lose to the Steelers. Completely unacceptable. Opportunity squandered. So now what do we do? Well, it's Monday. We move on. We're going to talk about some fantasy football. Dan Toomey from Dynasty Nerds Cleveland fans is going to join me uh, at the end of the show. We'll go through some waiver wire pickups because now that Nick Chubb injury, fantasy-wise, boy, you better go get yourself some Jerome Ford. you know. And also Jamal Williams injured with the Saints, so there's lots to go over there. But we're going to try to wash away the stink of that Steelers game, get out of Pittsburgh, and welcome in the Titans. And we welcome in sick podcast friend, host of Talking Titans, Sal Manfredi on the line. Sal, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Andy. How are you? I'm a mad Sal. I'm where you were a week ago, I think, right? Yeah. The week over week emotion in the NFL is outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, I want to give you my condolences, Andy. Obviously, uh, that injury to Mr. Chubb last night was uh, horrific and horrible. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a shame. Obviously, you never, ever want to see anyone get hurt, but especially the premier talent in this league. Yeah. And obviously, Nick Chubb is one of the best on the planet Earth uh, of running the football. So that's awful to see. Hopefully, he can come yeah. back next year and uh, at least be, I'm sure at this point, Andy, you're hoping for maybe a 
85% of Nick Chubb yesterday moving forward. Obviously, after that injury, it's probably not looking That's, so great. But No, and it was apparently the same knee that he had that really bad injury in college in 2015. So who knows at this stage in his career, it's all, it's uh, it's just, just a total deflation. And now, Sal, it would have been different if, well, you know, Deshaun Watson, I don't know, played, played good. But he did not. He looked totally rattled. It looked like he cracks at any sort of pressure. Let's talk about this Titans team. And I feel there are some similarities a little bit because um, not that maybe not that Ryan Tannehill necessarily reached the the heights that Deshaun Watson did, but we no, were at the never. Tannehill, man. It was Tannehill. Now we have a run-heavy team with Tannehill who can distribute the ball. You, you edged out the Titans. Doesn't matter how you did it. You got there. Where are the Titans at at one and one coming into Cleveland Sunday? Um. To put it as as brief and as simplified as possible, this is a team that is going to live and die by their quarterback. They have everything else that they need. They have a solid running game. They have an excellent defense, especially their front seven, yeah. or more or less their front five. But um, their, their their secondary it leaves leaves a little to be desired. Um, but all in all, I mean, they have. All the components you need to be a competent football team. It all comes down to quarterback play. You saw week one against the Saints. He lost them the game. Yeah. And then you saw them week two against the Chargers, and he won them the game, obviously in the second half. So um, it's been that way from Jump Street with him. I've been a, a big, you know, or, or someone who's been promoting trying to get Malik and or Will Levis in there, but that's not going to happen, obviously. We're, we're going to be sticking with Tannehill for the foreseeable future, but. Uh, it's a team, like you said, very similar to the Browns. Uh, all the potential in the world. They just got to put it all together. And one week they did, and another, the second week they didn't. Yeah, and that, again, very similar. And the emotion, the week to week, right? Week one, Titans fans, it's terrible. Blah. And then you win. It's like, oh, okay, okay, a little, little bit different. And now you have the Browns coming in uh, with that golden opportunity. With two division games, you let one go. Now you have this. You have the Ravens coming up after this. So this is a really important game. And as we know, Sal, like the Titans, they might not be the best offensive team, but they're always going to be a tough out. They're always defensively sound. They can run the ball. You can beat them, but you're going to have to bring your A game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, anyone who's a Titan fan will know watching them over the past decade, every single time they win, it's on the last possession of the right. game. We're, <laughs> we're gifted. We're gifted maybe one or two blowouts every five years. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you know what you're getting yourself into. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I mean, this is a game of inches, and I think it's going to come down to uh, both defenses and, uh, you know, who's able to make, get the turnovers. Last week we didn't have any. We were lucky enough you know, to, to get offense going for once. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. Um, we, we both have very uh, spotty offensive lines. Obviously, Conklin, ex-Titan being after mm -hmm. you guys has been yeah. tough. I saw that right tackle replacement last night. He was having some some trouble. Uh, so it's going to be a battle of who could protect their quarterback the most. I think that's who's going to win this game. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great point at the line of scrimmage. And let's go back to the running game here. We know Derrick Henry has been King Henry, the bell cow, for so long. You drafted Ty Spears, exciting player. Um, is he like he feels to me kind of in eventually will become sort of that Darren Sproles type? Is that is 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 that where you see him being used? And and how effective is Derrick Henry at this point in his career? We saw last week 25 carries are getting the bulk. Um, average though, 3.2 yards did get in the end zone. Wh wh where is he compared to like his super prime King Henry? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone who, who's been watching this guy from his time here knows that he's always been a running back that needs to get going. He's not a guy that's going to yeah. come out of the gate week one, get you fourth 180 yards. Guy. He's a fourth quarter guy, and and honestly, we we, we hope and pray it's not it, – it'll be all year each time we get into a new season. But it just typically always works out this way where right around Thanksgiving he becomes an all-pro. And we're like, oh, we wish you could start out as an all-pro. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you want your best players playing their best football in the fall winter. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we can't complain. As far as Spears is concerned, uh, I personally comp him as, uh, the most to Alvin Kamara. Uh, mm. I think he's very shifty, very slippery. Uh, yeah. He's a great pass catcher. Um, and you saw it already over the first two weeks. I'm very, very surprised. I knew they were going to be using Spears a lot this season, especially with the capital they used to get him. But, uh, I mean, really, they, they, they the first game, they limited Derrick Henry's runs to about 15 carries. They got more today, but he's been very, very involved, and I think he's finally the number two guy that we've been looking for because right. we've had plenty of attempts to get guys in there that be his back or his, you know, backup running back, whether that be Darrington Evans, or I think it's on the Bears now, and, uh, you know, multiple guys, uh, Hassan Haskins from Michigan. I think this guy's finally the guy we found that's going to be not only the guy to be a change of pace back, but also the guy that's going to be taking over Derrick Henry's job once he is ready to hang it up. And I think for right now, Sal, it's a, a perfect blend for the Titans because they're, they're different styles so you could have Derek it doesn't mean Ty Spears can have a great game and it doesn't mean Derek Henry doesn't not have to have a great game and with the like let's face it the receiver front DeAndre Hopkins banged up I like Traylon Brooks the idea the size but he's not quite ready there like this is a good opportunity because you're not stacked out at receiver no we're not and that's the unfortunate thing we've been campaigning for it all offseason obviously getting DeAndre Hopkins was enormous yeah, um yeah. We're, we're not we're not one and one without him and we're not one and one without Traylon Burke so uh mm-hmm. depth at wide receiver has always been a major major problem with us uh but at the end of the day I think we have guys that are competent enough to to make this offense run you saw Nick Westbrook Aquino last week have a huge touchdown catch and he's had two really solid weeks I've been a big uh, you know, critique, I've critiqued him a lot, but his hands have been very solid so far. And obviously, you know, our tight end group, Chica Conquo was a guy who's up and coming. So, you know, besides the fact that our depth of wide receiver isn't great, uh, we still have a lot of guys who got great hands at other positions that can make this offense run. Right. And if Tannehill can be less Miami Ryan and more <laughs> from a couple of years ago, you can distribute the ball. Okay. Uh, in conversation with Sal Manfredi, host of the sick podcast, Talking Titans. Sal, one more thing before we let you go, the defense side. Now you mentioned that front five specifically, uh, and you know, traumatized coming off of TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Where, where does this team, this defense, where's the strength? Is it blitzing for Browns fans that haven't seen a lot of Titans game? Is it blitzing? Is it just sending front pressure? How does that, that work for, for, uh, this game Sunday? Yeah, you're going to see a lot of pressure up front. Uh, and what they like to do is they kind of like to split it up. If they're going to go more pressure on the outside, they'll have they'll have you know two linebackers on each side trying to rush mm-hmm. the quarterback there. If they're going to focus more on the interior, they'll drop a lot of their linebackers back because they're so good in both positions. They don't typically need to have both rush the quarterback. They can either focus on their front five uh, or if they want to do, you know, linebacker blitzes, they can do that. The bottom line is this: 
Um, this is how they're going to win this football game if they're going to win this Sunday. They're going to have to win pressuring Deshaun Watson because mm-hmm. if you give him time, I know you're very upset with the way he played last night, but at the end of the day, he is a all-pro caliber quarterback. If you give him time, he's going to yeah. pick you apart, especially a team like Tennessee who he's very familiar with playing You know, five years with the Texans. Good point. Yeah, good point. You do have that familiarity there with with Watson. No, it it just seems the decision making any pressure. It, it looks frazzled, Sal. Like he just looks like out of sorts, like cracking under pressure. Like what's the saying? No pressure, no diamonds, type of thing. Come on, pal. Right? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You know, and and you're not a Titan fan, so you wouldn't know this. But anyone who is who's watching this, anytime any team's having any struggles, whether they come off a horrible week or their star players aren't playing well. Whenever they play Tennessee, somehow, some way, we rejuvenate everyone's <laughs> career. Oh, we God. rejuvenate everyone's fan base. I'm sure you remember, Andy. Yeah. One of Johnny Manziel's only victories as a Brown was against the Titans, and he went crazy right. against them. Oh, it God. was in Cleveland, and I'm sure you and all the other Browns yep. fans said to yourselves, hey, you know what? We might have someone here. Yep. It's and then Zach we Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson did it last year with the Jets. They were 0-4. Wow. I was at the game at MetLife. He went crazy. Corey Davis had like eight catches <laughs> for 160 yards. It always happens. So sleep well, my friend. <laughs> you, you, you're gonna, I think you're going to be okay. If nothing else, you're going to feel better about the Browns regardless of how this game ends. Oh, my God. I, I hope so, man. I hope so. Like, you guys are in, in that division. You have all the tools. I think it's going to be – it's it's a nice like to me Tennessee it's it's a nice fan base to be uh, um, root for when it's not a direct competition you know it's a it's a good place I wanted to come down to a game the last time the Browns were there but it was in the COVID year it's 2020 yeah so it's, it's I'm a hoping, great place definitely get down there if you can it looks I I want to come down so I I don't know when the schedule with all the shifts and stuff hopefully in the next year or so we come down there well hopefully you guys play us when we get a new stadium because that's going to be coming Ooh. in about. Two or three years, so that would okay. be ideal as well. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. All right, so well, hey, plug your stuff. Where can people find your social media, your show, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. We're on live now. Each uh, we're also on uh, Wednesdays, and um, I'm drawing a blank because we just got a new schedule. I believe Fridays as well. Nice. But Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. You can find us there on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, appreciate you having, having me on Andy, obviously anyone sick podcast, a friend of mine. So, uh, I wish you guys all the best of luck and hopefully, uh, we have an entertaining game. That's all we're looking for. Right. Absolutely. Good. Sal- hey, uh, let's, let's do this again soon, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Andy. take care. All right. See you later. There he is. Salman Freddie host of the sick podcast talking night. See that that's a, a good fan base. Good guy. I like those Steelers rat birds. And anyway, okay. I'm going to feel up. Sal's Sal going to be feeling good. They got me feeling good. However, the Browns can also be the magic elixir to struggling teams too. That's that's the other side of it. But man, I hope he's right. We get right and get out of, especially me being in the stadium coming out of town. We're going to be doing some live posts from, we'll pop it up on YouTube, YouTube shorts and on social media at SickPod Browns at AndyMC81. All right, week three in the NFL. It's, it's here. The Monday night games are done. Time to refocus on fantasy football. Okay, there's waiver wire ads to be had. There's weeks to be won. You got any fantasy football questions? Hit me up on Twitter at AndyMC81 at Browns. Use hashtag AskAndy on Instagram and TikTok at AndyMCSports. Also, I have a special guest. Been on the show before. Browns fans. We have a bit of a therapy Tuesday here. And fantasy football expert from Dynasty Nerds, my guy, Dan Toomey. Dan, how are you? Uh, 
been better. <laughs> yep. Been better. I wish I could come with more gusto and more energy to the show. But uh, as you know, we talked about this morning last night, kind of um, oh. zapped a lot of the energy out of my life this week. <laughs> oh, me too. And you know what? On your, your Twitter uh, profile, at Dan T underscore NFL, you got our guy Chubb in the, in the picture. He's gone. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. Um, that hurts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you were watching the game live and, you know, you heard the crowd's instant reaction. You heard um, Aikman say, out of respect, we're not going to show this because it's so gruesome. And then I'm sure, like me, you instantly went to Twitter to see what (laughs) it was that people were reacting to. And I'm sure you initially said, wow, I wish I didn't go down that dark rabbit hole. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was like, okay, Aikman was right. I shouldn't have seen that. I should not have seen that. So terrible. Like he is the epitome of old school. What you want your football player to be. And Deshaun Watson, uh, Anthony Walker said it after the game too. It was like, this is the heart and soul. So now Dan, like really going into this week for the Browns. Okay. It's a short week. You got to shake it off. You have banged up players elsewhere as well. Um, This I think is a pivotal week for the season because it's going to set the tone. If you come out and to their credit, they scored right after with Jerome Ford, but if you come out at home against Tennessee, flat, sad, whatever, this season's done, and it's week three. Like, I think if you don't come out and, and make a statement saying, hey, we're doing this for Nick, we're doing this for Chubb, then this season's a write-off in week three because if you if you get, if you get tap out already, it's over. Andy, I hate to say it, but if this week doesn't go well, I think it's more than just the season's over. I think Stefanski mm-hmm. is seriously on the hot seat. They brought in Jim Schwartz to be the defensive coordinator, but we can't forget he has a long coaching history as a head coach in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I could easily see – listen, I'm fully convinced the Deshaun move was a Haslam's-based move, and I think if there's anybody in the chopping block, it's going to be Stefanski and not Deshaun. And I think the Haslam's might just come in and be like, listen, Kevin, thank you for your service. Thank you for the playoff win that you weren't actually there for. They'll probably throw a little jab in. Yeah. And I could see them moving on to Jim Schwartz as the head coach and keeping Deshaun and seeing what kind of team that would look like. So, right. I mean, I don't want to be the, the doom and gloom sayer, but I feel like more than just the season is on the line this weekend for the Cleveland Browns. It's a great point. And really, let's look at what's going right for this team. This defense is spectacular. This defense gave up 12 points. 12! Yep. Deshaun and the offense gave up the rest. So in two weeks... You gave up three points and 12 points. 15th, that is sensational top three defense in the NFL. So yep. the defense is clicking. Special teams, you know, if we would have had that extra kick, you missed, you hit the 55 or, you know, it's going to happen. I'm not, and by the way, Donovan Peoples Jones, did he forget? Like, you look scared of the football. What, what the hell happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I know last time we were together, we said, let's get DPJ off of punt and kick returns yes. because we wanted to see him as a wide receiver. I guess now I'm saying it, let's get him off because he's terrible at it. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm not asking for a good return to break off a 30, 40 yard return every single um, play, but I think the bare minimum should be at least being able to fair catch it. Like, is that too much to ask for nowadays? Which he's done. And like, that's, was it the crowd? What, like, cause there was two times he let it go over his head where you were pinned at the one and the six. Yeah. Straight yeah. away you're pinned. And then also backup. let's not forget that, um, what was that? A uh, gunner on the Steelers saved us from a kickoff out of bounds with, right. Remember he dragged his feet to stay in. Yeah. Which is just mentally backwards of what he wanted to do. He wanted to step out first and then catch it. And then Pittsburgh would have had the ball at the 40. So 
we can't forget about that little special team snafu that was saved Mm -hmm. by a mental error on the Steelers part. Good point. But you know what? It's, it's done. As they say, we're on to Tennessee. You know, it's a winnable game. It's a tough game. Titans are, as I said earlier to our guest Sal, um, Tennessee and and a Vrabel coach team are always a tough out. They could come in here, punch you in the mouth and embarrass you at home. And I'll tell you this, Dan, Deshaun Watson plays like this. I'll I'll be the first to lead the booze. I'm going to, I'm going to be at that game. I'll help boom out of the damn building. He's not going anywhere, but I'll boom. (laughs) I think, I think one of the big problems is when we were looking forward to this Titans matchup, it was, you know, the Derrick Henry versus Nick Chubb. That was probably going to be the talk of the week. Two best running backs in football. Um, also now probably two of the better run defenses in football after last night's show against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we have uh, Jerome Ford instead of Nick Chubb out there. And it, it, it's, it's a concern. You know, I, a lot of those runs that I saw last night, I was like, uh, Nick would have broke a little more there or, know, you know, uh, know. Nick would have dragged the defender another yard or two. And, you know, week one against Cincinnati, we were able to rely on Nick at the end of the game to really, you know, pulverize the Bengals and mm-hmm. you know put them away and I, I don't want to say that we lost the game because Nick Chubb got hurt because I don't want to say that this whole team which is star-studded should rely on one running back and one player but I feel like last night would have went a lot different if Nick was out there for the entire game absolutely and credit to Jerome Ford I thought coming in in that situation still limited NFL reps I thought he played great but the thing is when you have arguably the best running back and I know it's so many people we talk about how interchangeable running backs are for the most part, like 95% of the time. Yes. But then you have a Nick Chubb and the answer is no. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see, and a lot more gets put on Deshaun Watson's shoulders and Dan Deshaun Watson. This guy cracks under pressure, man. This guy is cracking every big moment so far since coming back. He's wilted. You had, a ch- I don't care how bad the game was. What do the great ones do? Not even the great ones above average ones balls in your hand last. You want a chance to win the game. You had it at the 50. And you couldn't do it. Yep. That's a total failure on the show. And, and he owned it, whatever. He owned it. It's on me. Okay, so what? Do something about it. I also hate that a lot of the rhetoric this morning in Browns media is the Joey Porter Jr., you know, pass interference call at the end of the game. It's None of these outlets are mentioning that the ball was five yards out of bounds. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a catchable football. Like, right. I never questioned the call because the ref probably looked at that ball sailing into the bench and was like, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. He, he, had, he had no chance of catching that ball anyway. No. And the thing is, too, it, the game should not have gotten to that point. You beat The Browns beat themselves. You Kenny Pickett did nothing. Nothing to beat you. Kenny Pickett sucks. He did nothing to beat you. You beat yourself. So, all right, you know, therapy Tuesday, we feel cleansed. Now let's go on to the Titans. We'll see what happens there. But we're talking a lot about Jerome Ford, fantasy football time, my man. That's your specialty, dynasty nerds. And what do we always talk about? Handcuffs to star running backs. There's so few of those, whatever a bell cow is these days, you want to have the handcuff. And I'm looking, 19% ownership, Jerome Ford of the Browns. That's got to be the hottest waiver wire out of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. Nineteen uh, percent of people playing on Yahoo are very smart because I was telling people going to the season that Jerome Ford is one of those mustache bench players. You know, God forbid something like this does happen because, you know, he had. Uh, let's not forget, like he was a four-star recruit who went to Alabama, and the only reason he transferred to Cincinnati was because he was playing in a star-studded running back room, and Alabama was producing nothing but 
NFL talent. His former college teammate was actually on the other side of the field last night, Najee Harris. Um, oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, so Ford, obviously, his rookie year, he was in in the wings waiting, and now he has this opportunity. And if you take out that big, you know, chunk run, it wasn't the best, um, the best performance. But we have to remember he didn't really play in the preseason. He didn't have a big training camp. You know, he was dealing with I forget what the injury was off the top of my head. But yeah, it was a he, nagging. Was it an ankle? There's some na- nagging thing. Yeah, something. Yeah, but yeah. so really, like week one, fourth quarter was him getting his quote unquote preseason in, mm-hmm. and now he's really uh, ramping up. So. He is easily my number one waiver wire target this week. I will say, though, it depending on my team, I might not actually play him this week because like mm. we just talked about, he goes up against the Tennessee Titans defense, which is one of the best run stopping defenses uh, in the league. But that shouldn't, you know, keep you from picking up because he is now the guy, you know, who who's Cleveland going to bring in? that's going to replace Ford. Yep. You know, strong hear, behind him. I hear all this talk about Kareem Hunt. Stop no. It's over. We let Kareem Hunt go for a reason. His yeah. legs are dust. Yeah. Um. You got Cam Akers is apparently on the trade block. You know if he's kind of dust too, though, Dan. Like he, yeah. he Sean McVay yeah. has no confidence. Ever since he came back from that injury, that explosion, his yards per carry weighed. Like I'd rather, I'd rather just I don't know chance it with somebody else. Like Cam Akers seems like. Yeah. So and then you got what Leonard Fournette still out there, dust, and then. I don't know what the price on Jonathan Taylor is nowadays, but that's that's just a dream world. So we don't have a first round pick to give the Colts exactly, even if we wanted to. Exactly. So needless to say, Jerome Ford is going to be the guy, and he's going to give you weekly low end RB one, high end RB two numbers. Yeah. Just he is not a plug and play this week. So I just want to warn people: don't be picking him up throwing him into your RB one spot, inspecting eighteen points this week because you're not going to get it. At the same time. If you don't get Jerome Ford this week, you might get him next week. Somebody mm-hmm. out there might, you know, spend a bunch of money on him, put him in there. He has what twelve carries for sixty yards against the Titans. They say, "Fooey, this backup running back, nothing." They might drop him, or you might be able to trade for him on the cheap. So even if you don't get Jerome Ford this week, definitely keep his name in the back of your head for a target as we get later on into the season. What would you? And here's always the tricky part because waiver wire priority. You know, if you're lucky, you get him. If not, you don't. What range of fab would you spend on him? What where those auction dollars? What would you what would you so, spend on him? I advise people going to draft season to go heavy wide receiver because mm-hmm. these running back situations pop up. And basically I tell them draft your good wide receivers and save your fab for the good running backs. Right. I would go honestly as high as 20% of my fab for a player like Jerome Ford. Now that being said, there's a lot of leagues out there where people just get kind of crazy. And the first yeah. thing they see, they throw everything at. All so, of it. Listen, if somebody's spending a hundred percent of their fab and I don't get it, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that because yeah. spoiler alert, this is not going to be the last conversation about a starting running back going down. We're having the rest yep. of the 2023 season. So I would be spy- fine spending 20%. If I get him, that's great. If I don't, then I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, next week, can I trade for him? Next week, is he going to get dropped? You know, keep his name in the back of your head because he's going to prove to be a real good commodity to have as you enter the final stretch of the fantasy playoffs. And another option this week, we look at possibilities, opportunity equals success in fantasy football. Jamal Williams, who we liked, and I drafted some of my teams to fill in for Alvin Kamara. Well, he's banged up. And then the next guy up who scored two touchdowns on the ground, 
only 34 yards, but did score twice. Tony Jones Jr. And I feel this could be sort of to your point with Jerome Ford and even probably more so a bit of a classic overreact is like two touchdowns. Like, well, is he going to get two touchdowns every week? And then you look at 12 carries, 34 yards. If he doesn't get two touchdowns, you're not having a great fantasy day, but that at least is another option of somebody who could step up and get bulk carries against green Bay. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I honestly, I've been busy crying all day. I haven't noticed what the Jamal Williams injury news is. So I would keep an eye on news or injury reports coming out of New Orleans, um, both on Tuesday and um, yeah, all day Tuesday, just, you know, see what the deal is because we got to remember Kendra Miller was also inactive last night. Mm. So if Kendra Miller is healthy for week three, he's the player I would want on New Orleans going forward. Um, so that might be a little good hack is those people will see the two touchdowns and say, mm. oh, that's a lot of fantasy points. Let's spend a lot of my fab. Watch out for Kendra Miller being dropped by these people picking up these players and grab him for f- basically free. Because if Kendra Miller is um, active, he's the running back I would want in New Orleans without a Jamal Williams there. Interesting. And I'm looking here, hamstring for Williams, doubtful to play Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it Kendrick is a Miller. longer it is a longer week with them playing Monday, but um, I, I would expect Kendrick Miller to be active considering they're down another running back, and if he is active, he is the running back I would want in New Orleans. And you know what's one available, and it's less available, more available last week when I picked him up. Um, speaking of the Cam Akers thing, I was like, as soon as I saw Kyron Williams get any time, I'm like, this is it. McVay's bailing on Akers, and I got him. Now he's owned 63% in Yahoo League, so there's a, a good opportunity. He might be sitting there for you. And Dan, we look at the opportunities he's had. The guy scoring touchdowns. The guy had 10 targets and six catches along with the receiving touchdown next week. That whole Rams offense is bizarre. We got Puka, Tutu, and Kyron running wild in LA. I don't know what the hell's going on. I was going to say, if you want to talk about guys in that like 50 to 60% range, because usually my suggestions are sub 30%, the players Mm -hmm. you realistically have a shot at. But Zach Moss is another name to keep an eye on. He's currently 54% owned on Yahoo, and he played 98% of the offensive snaps for Indianapolis this weekend. Not a a single other running back saw the field Hmm. um, this weekend. And the only times he came off was when they were playing, you know, zero running back formations. So, that is definitely a name I will keep an uh, eye on. But remember, Jonathan Taylor is eligible to come off the IR um, after week four. And then we have to start addressing the whole holdout trade situation. So yeah. Zach Moss might not be the uh, bell cow league winner that a Jerome Ford can turn into. But given the usage he saw this week, it seems like he is the man as long as Jonathan Taylor isn't there. Interesting. Okay, let's move on to quarterback here. We'll give we'll go through the rest of our positions of top uh, waiver wire pickups that you can go through. Let's say you're a Deshaun Watson owner and you are just furious and you're going to bench his ass and get somebody else in there. How about his predecessor, our guy Baker? Bake Show, he's 2-0. Never really been that good of a fantasy option, even in his 2020 heyday. But Bake is winning. He's taken three touchdowns last week. He's cutting down on the interceptions. Um, now you do play Philadelphia. That's not a great matchup for him, but a quarterback, who are you liking? So, um, yeah, I also want to mention if you have Joe Burrow as your mm. fantasy quarterback, I would be looking to pick up a backup this week. 
Uh, the calf was aggravated again yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Not sure what's going on, but I, I mean, it's definitely hampering his play style. And I don't know what kind of conversations they're having in Cincinnati about possibly sitting him for a week or two. Um, but two other names I want to mention, I did have Baker on my list, but like you said, the matchup this week worries me. He's playing Philadelphia. We know that defensive line and you and I, we know how Baker gets when he gets under pressure, happy yeah. feet, yeah. ghost pressure, throw the ball into the defense's hands. Yeah. So um, people picking up Baker might be expecting big things this week and might be a little bit disappointed. Um, a player on my list is actually somebody who's been compared to Baker coming out of college, and that's uh, Sam Howell for the Washington Commanders. Oh. Um, he had a really good game against the Broncos um, this past week, and then uh, also a, a pretty decent fantasy game week one against the Arizona Cardinals. He gets upcoming Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Chicago. So Buffalo, I, it's going to be shootout-type conditions, I would imagine. Um, that Philadelphia game is a little bit worrisome, but Chicago, that's that's a primo fantasy matchup nice. for, for your quarterback. He's only 20% owned on Yahoo. And the other quarterback I have on my list is C.J. Stroud of the Houston yeah. Texans. He is uh, 10% owned on Yahoo, and he has Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta coming up. Um, that Jacksonville, I mean, I don't know. I thought this Jacksonville-Kansas City game was going to be high scoring, and that proved me wrong. So who knows right. what kind of Jacksonville team we get next week. But I would definitely suggest if you are a, a Joe Burrow manager, um, you look into picking up one of these three guys as a safety net. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about little higher-owned players on Yahoo, but you might be playing in a league that's not as sharp, uh, Jordan Love is another player I'd be picking up. He's mm -hmm. having a great season so far, but he's only, like I believe, 60% rostered on Yahoo at the moment. So if you are in a league where Jordan loves available, he's definitely an option I would have over the three guys that I just mentioned. Right. And Derek Carr's floating around people just right off Derek Carr. And he's, he kind of can be that safe, that higher floor, lower ceiling guy, right? Give you in the teens, maybe pop once in a while. Not yeah, a bad option. Definitely. Um, Wide receiver. Really interesting. Puka's gone. If you miss the Puka train, it's over. Tutu might be flowing around a little. I got, I, I missed out on, Puka in three of my four leagues, but got him in one. And then in the other, I picked up two, two, I think in two others, just because it's producing. It is a weird year in LA, like yeah. I said, and this could, yeah. this whole thing could totally fall off at any time. And we should not be surprised. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> I, right? I, I like did, I didn't buy in the week one. I got burned for that week too, but I don't know. I'm still not convinced that Matthew Stafford's and the teenagers that he's playing with are going <laughs> to keep it going all season. I know. So wide receivers, um, Josh Reynolds, one of the uh, top ads here. Again, do we look at the opponent? I really like with Atlanta. You got Green Bay after that, Carolina. So that's not a bad three-game stretch. Um, seven targets, first game, four catches for 80, six, five, and two touchdowns. Again, the two touchdowns, a bit of the outlier there. Um, the lines are interesting because I like Sam Laporta a little bit for the tight end. Um, he kind of spreads the ball yourself, Amonra St. Brown, and uh, Williams still on suspension. Yeah, so um, I wore my senior bowl hat for a reason, because oh. this week my wide receiver wa waiver pickups is the senior bowl squad. I got Tank Ooh. Dell of the Houston Texans, who I know is a player we talked about back in the spring yep. for possibly the Browns. And then um, yeah. Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers, uh, both players that stood out at the senior bowl in Mobile, and their talents are so far converting at an NFL level pretty nicely. Um, I know my scouting report for Tank Dale, the one thing I was concerned about was him getting um, getting out physical 
at this level. Mm-hmm. He was a player who'd really had to rely on that one-two cut, creating separation right away. And so far, we're seeing that. And he has a nice rapport built with C.J. Stroud. I know Nico Collins had the big fantasy day, but Tank Dell right. is actually the leader in targets um, this past week for the Houston Texans. I mean, listen, it was seven over six, so it's not like, you know, that Puka Nakua level of target share. Yeah. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that. But it, it it is nice to see that um, you know as a as a rookie his his skills are translating right away and he's picking up the game pretty well. So you have to imagine as the season goes on, Stroud will improve, Tank Dell will improve, and that whole Houston Texans offense as a whole um, should improve. And then um, so for Tank Dell, he's got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta coming up. Uh, he's only six percent owned on Yahoo, and like I said, because Nico Collins had the big fantasy day. I feel like Tank Dell's a player you can sneak in there for maybe 5% of your fab budget. Right. You know, just kind of go under the waiver wire. Get overlooked. Yeah, exactly. Um, then Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers, uh, another player who stood out the senior bowl making, you know, highlight real high point catches. And uh, hey, guess what? He's doing it at the next level also. Um, mm. it's another case of a young player paired with a young quarterback building that repertoire. Uh, Christian Watson is still out. I think he has a chance of coming back this week, but so it says, yeah, yeah, but you know how it Friday happens, and oh my god, I warmed up or I stretched the wrong. Way. There's so much happening in the NFL. Soft Dang tissue, thing. hammy. Never exactly, know. exactly. So, um, if Christian Watson is out, uh, Jaden Reed is a player I could see plugging in um, this week against the Saints um, if if I really needed a wide receiver flex play. I like that. Marvin Mims, someone to keep an eye on. I wouldn't rush out to get, but PPR-wise, Jerry Judy's getting back a little bit. I've been intrigued. Like, I would say for some of these players, too, if you got a player who you drafted, who you know you'll, you're not going to play, you just know. You got him for whatever, and you're just not going to play him. Then someone like that, okay, hey, th- that that's an area you can swap in and out potentially. It's funny you mentioned Marvin Mims because um, obviously working the Dynasty Nerds, we're more of a Dynasty-focused uh, uh, outlet. And um, me and my buddy Tim, we do a lot of content together. Mims was a player we were really high on mm. uh, in the pre-draft process. And then we saw him go to Denver. We're like, all right, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, he's going to be buried. But, you know, uh, those contracts come off the books soon and he'll be the guy in, in 2024. And I was actually messaging Tim on uh, Sunday. I was like, oh, my God, Marvin Mims is happening way, hmm. way before we knew it. Um, unfortunately, it's the case where it's a lot of fantasy points, but not a lot of volume. Yeah. I... I would not pick up Marvin Mims expecting that type of production next yeah, week or even the I, week after that. However, I've been picking up Marvin Mims and stashing him on a bench in a lot of places because I feel like he's going to be it, – it happens every year. There's that rookie wide receiver the last four weeks of the season. He has like you know 400 yards and five touchdowns over that span. And Amon St. Brown was that guy. Yes, exactly. And I Marvin Mims fits that profile perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, He played at Oklahoma, 1,000-yard receiver with – three or four different quarterbacks while he was there. He fits the profile of like a late fantasy playoff league winner. And if he's picked up this week, he might be dropped eventually. Look out for Marvin Mims. And if you have a deeper bench and you can stash him without hurting your starting lineup, definitely hold on to Marvin Mims as we get closer to the playoffs. I'm with you. And let's finish off with tight end, the fantasy wasteland that is. And we saw that no, no more so than, Week one without Travis Kelsey. Wow. TJ Hawkinson, I picked him up in, I think, three or three out of four of my leagues. And he's proven pretty good so far. But now who's available? Okay. 
We look at, you know, there's a Hunter Henry. I never trust New England. You got Zach Ertz. There's who, who are you feeling on the tight end side? So I actually have a quiz for you, my friend. Okay. Do you know who currently leads the league in tight end targets? Oh, is it Hawkinson? No. Hmm. No, who? Obviously not Kelsey because Kelsey no, missed week one. Missed week. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz leads all tight ends the NFL with 18 targets through two weeks. Well, Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Yes, yes. I wow. would be picking Zach Ertz up if I was in desperate need for a tight end. And let's be honest, everybody's in desperate need for a tight end right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't get Kelsey or uh, uh, Hawkinson, you're in desperate tight end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, Ertz has been seeing a large volume of work. Um, that Arizona Cardinals team is not very good, so it's a lot of garbage time, flame from behind type of stuff. Although this past week was kind of weird because they they got hit with the comeback comeback win on the going the other way with the Giants. Um, and then you mentioned another guy that I like, uh, Sam Laporta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that Lions offense is is going to be very high scoring all year long. Uh, Jamison Williams is. Uh, still suspended and you got David Montgomery is hurt. So I'll be interested to see because they had that, you know, kind of like that Gibbs pass catching Montgomery running type of thing. Do they maybe rely on Gibbs a little bit more in the running game that opens up some more targets for Laporta because he operates in that same area of the field Mm -hmm. where Gibbs would, you know, kind of like one to five yards from the line of scrimmage. So uh, Laporta is another player that I'd be picking up and, and stashing. And I mean, to be honest with the way tight end this year is you're probably starting a player like Laporta anyway. Yeah. And and what you want to do is look at, okay, not the guy who got like, just like with running backs, the fluke two two touchdowns and uh, for 14 yards or something like that. Because Laporta, one of the rare cases where it's a rookie tight end who's making an immediate impact in real life and in fantasy on the pass catching side, like, very sure-handed, catches everything that's thrown to him. That week one game, I did when he reached out, ran the route, and bailed Goff out just with a fingertip catch. I thought that built trust right there, and yeah. that's a chance. Now, what about Hunter Henry? Touchdown each of the first two weeks. One, the target share is nice, six and seven. The yard is 56-52. The New England offense is just so bland. Mac Jones, bleh. But like Hunter Henry, I just feel it's again like if he's not getting a touchdown, and they might against the Jets next week. Um, I just don't feel like you're getting that much. Like his projected fantasy points consistently are like seven, right? Like, yeah, I know. But the same note, you look at any tight end right now, their projected fantasy points are between five and eight. So that's it. You know, it, it is a wasteland right there. And with most of these guys, you're you're hoping for touchdown luck from week to week. Yeah. Uh, Henry was a guy I was targeting extremely late in my fantasy drafts just because. I can't quote the stat off the top of my head, but this summer he had a red zone target share or something that looked really positive. Um, but like you said, this New England offense leaves a uh, a lot to be desired. So And Gasecki's there too, and he's getting – he had six targets last game. It just – again, it seems sort of like that John New Smith thing where they could cannibalize each other at some point. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In a low-scoring offense. Okay, so Ertz is your top ad there, and he's 11% ownership. That's what surprised me. That's what surprised me. When I, I might it go up. get him. Hmm. Yeah, I might go get him there. Okay, interesting. And the thing is, the thing is, you know, despite having so many targets, he hasn't had that like boom touchdown week. You know, I always say yeah. when I'm giving fantasy advice to like people who are like kind of new to it is buy the volume, sell the mm-hmm. fantasy points. 
right. you know, a player yeah. like Tony Jones, who just scored two touchdowns. I know for a fact, everybody in my league, work friends, college friends, you know, families, they're going to go out and they're going to try to get Tony Jones. Meanwhile, you know, you look at the production and the volume and it's not there and there's other players coming back from injury. So, you know, you sell that noise and, you mm-hmm. know, you go after a player like, you know, like a Zach Moss, if he's available. Yeah. Or a Kendry Miller, like you said, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Well, there you go, man. Dan, tell people you do such great work on, on Dyson nerds. Tell people where they can find you, hear you, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, on Twitter at Dan T underscore NFL, um, I'm posting kind of everything over there. Um, I'm on the dynasty nerds, YouTube channel. We do a dynasty team audit series where we actually go and break down like users teams. We make trade suggestions, draft suggestions. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you want to uh, get your team audited, you could join with a Nerd Herd membership subscription. And we actually have a code with um, whoops, Underdog Fantasy Football. If you want to play best ball on Underdog, you use promo code NERDS to get an instant deposit match and get yourself a free year of the Nerd Herd membership. So pretty, nice. pretty exciting stuff we're doing over there. I like that audit stuff. That's pretty unique. That's, uh, that's very detailed. Love very, it. Yeah, it's very individual type stuff. All right, Dan. Well, let's hope for a better Browns outcome. If you feel like driving down the turnpike coming to Cleveland, I'll buy you a beer downtown on on, uh, between Thursday and Sunday. Okay. (laughs) Andy, thanks for having me. This is always a great time. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. There he is, Dan Toomey from Dynasty Nerds. Okay. We're laughing. We're feeling good. Forget Pittsburgh. We're out of Pittsburgh. We're done with Pittsburgh. We're on to Cleveland. We're back to Cleveland and we're ready for the Titans. Any fantasy football or betting questions, make sure, hey, leave the comments below. Hit me up on Twitter at AndyMC81 at SickPodBrowns. Use hashtag AskAndy. Instagram and TikTok at AndyMCSports. I'll be in Cleveland. Make sure you're keeping track of the social media. I'll be answering questions from there. Let's hope I can bring some luck to our Browns get back on the winning track. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to Sal. Thanks to the Sick Podcast crew. I'm Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.